0: Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Okay, so our anchor scripture for tonight, our last night of six prayers. We're going straight back to Ephesians 6 to read it one more again. Verse 18 of Ephesians 6, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we've been walking through all different types of prayers, models of prayers, examples of prayers throughout Scripture. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Now, tonight's prayer that we're going to unpack is actually the reason that all of six prayers has even been taught. I was, I I love to scan through Amazon. Anybody is an, like I'm an Amazon troller. Anybody else do that? Yeah. And, and so I'm trolling through books, right? And, uh, if you don't know what trolling is, it's type of fishing. Okay, that's a, anyway, another conversation. Uh, so I like to fish for books in Amazon. I like to search and search. And then if I like one author, I like the people that like that author. What do they like? And then uh, sometimes I'll just uh, search for Hebrew, rabbi, and then just see what comes up. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I was trolling, and I came across a study on the Aaronic priestly priestly blessing in Numbers. And the Holy Spirit had been dealing with me about that blessing anyway. And he'd been nudging me to begin to pray it over my kids. And so I have this chalkboard uh, in my little kitchen nook and I had written it on the chalkboard and I'd started to pray it over my kids. But I kind of got frustrated because it just kind of read like a nursery rhyme. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because I didn't fully understand it. I knew my kids didn't understand it. And it didn't feel like it had the same impact. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just kind of like, da 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 And so I started to really dive into it. Lord, what is it that this is even for? What, is it, what does it mean? Why is it God that you chose this prayer, these words, to be spoken over your chosen people, not once a day, but twice a day. What was so important about this, that you chose for this to be spoken over your chosen people, over and over and over and over again. And as I started to dive into that months ago, the Holy Spirit just began to open up exactly what this prayer of blessing was all about. And then I got to where I was like, oh man, I need to call some of my best friends because they need to be praying this over their families. They need to be praying this over their kids. They need... And then I realized, like, I need to be teaching this to my women, right? Because this will impact generations if we can grasp it. So tonight, that's what we're going to unpack. We're going to unpack that prayer, but you need to understand a little bit of background first. Everybody say background. It's important, right? So we're talking about God's chosen people. And if you read in scripture, in Genesis, God's chosen people end up enslaved in Egypt for not one year or two years, Hundreds of years, they end up enslaved in Egypt. And through a series of miraculous events, God raises up Moses and brings them out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of captivity. And they enter into the desert on this journey to what we call the promised land. And basically it's a journey to a place that God had designed for them, a place that God had ordained for them, a place that he wanted them to walk into. And on this journey from captivity into everything that God had called them to, everything that God desired for them, Stuff started taking longer than they thought it should. And stuff didn't happen as quickly as they wanted. And maybe all the accommodations weren't exactly what they desired. And so what happens? These chosen people of God begin to complain. They begin to try doing things not so much God's way, but their way. And they end up looking to other things instead of God. And even when God tells them, hey, I desire this face-to-face, intimate relationship with you, God seems so foreign to them, so scary to them, that they're, they're too terrified to go up the mountain to encounter God. And so that's when God comes up with that whole tabernacle process that we talked about. In week one, he said, okay, I'll come to you. There's a process here. And he outlines all the laws. And all of that takes place. And then we see that the Lord gives this specific blessing to be prayed over them twice a day. And when I started looking at, Lord, why now? Like, why wouldn't you have had them... Pray this over them from the very beginning. Why now? And I started looking right after they began to pray this blessing over them was the first time that they were going to encounter and visibly start to see aspects of what God had in store for them. Right before they start, they sent the spies into the promised land to kind of gauge whether they could re- whether God was really telling the truth. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right before that was when the Lord said, "Look, all of you need a mind shift. That those hundreds of years in captivity in bondage in slavery has started to shift the way that you think even about me." And so I need who I am spoken over you. I need the way that I think about you spoken over you. And not just once a day, twice a day because you're a little bit (laughs) thick-headed. Amen, he's talking about me. (laughs) Number six, starting in verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, and Aaron was the priest, okay? And his sons, meaning future generations of priests, underline that, that's important. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and here's where the prayer starts. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Verse 27, so they, meaning Aaron and his sons, will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Let's look at the very start. Verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, meaning the priests and his sons, future generations, this is how you're gonna bless the Israelites. Pastor Ashley, why in the world would I care about what a priest is being told to pray over God's chosen people. We've talked about this before, but I want to reiterate it just in case you're new tonight. In the New Testament, we are told very specifically that you and I not only are now the chosen people of God, we are grafted in, thank you, Jesus, but we are also a royal priesthood. You and I are now called by God to be priests look with me at first peter chapter 2 starting in verse 9 scripture says you are a chosen people i'm going to go further than that you're a royal priesthood you're a holy nation you're god's special possession yeah. that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light yeah. amen Once you were not a people, Gentiles, once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, you hadn't experienced Him. But now you have received mercy. And most of us don't realize this, but this is a direct quote from Exodus 19. A direct quote. Here's the thing though if we don't understand something, we don't always grasp the fullness of it. So I want to unpack some of the original language for you. And it's going to get thick. Everybody say thick. But that's okay because we're going to write notes, okay? We're taking notes. And we'll go back and look over it together. Meaning you and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm not coming to your house. <laughs> I should probably clarify that. You're like, no, she said together. <laughs> Number six. Verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now I want to stop right there and let's underline the Lord bless you because I want to unpack that first. This idea of the entire scripture, I want you to understand, it won't read in the English this way, but in the original language, it was all written in the continual present tense. Okay, so our translators didn't do the best job of helping us with that, but it, it is that the Lord is continually blessing you. He's continually keeping you. So you have to keep in mind that every single line should be understood in that way. But I wanna look at the definition of the word bless. Circle the word bless. If you have your Bibles or highlight it, write it in your notes. The Hebrew word there in the original language is barach. Did I do pretty good? Come on, yes. The throaty end to it. And the word barach literally means to kneel and bless. Now, I want to think about this because this can be offensive. And, And don't email me because I... Just don't, okay? I'm kidding. I just told you to email me and now I'm telling you not to. No, this can be really offensive if you don't understand the beauty of it because it's this idea of the God of the universe kneeling before you. It's this picture of a king kneeling before a servant to give him beautiful amazing, incredible gifts. And it's so scandalous, this picture, that I went through and found other places in Scripture that this word was used just so I didn't misunderstand this. And so if you look with me in Genesis, this word is used in the story of Isaac and Rebecca, Genesis 24. If you're familiar with that story, it's not a big deal if you're not. Go home and read it tonight. But in that story, Genesis 24, verse 10 says, Then the servant left, taking with him ten of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. So crazy, amazing gifts are loaded on these camels, these really tall camels. He set out. For Aram and made his way to the town of Nahor and had the camels kneel down. The exact same word there. Had the camels kneel down near the well outside the the town. It was toward evening, the, the time the women would go out and draw water. Why am I reading that to you? That's such a strange scripture. I want you to see this picture. Even the camels knelt down so that the gifts began to become accessible to the women that were walking to the well to get water. And that is exactly what our God does for us. He kneels down, making himself available to you and to me so that we can receive from him everything that he has for us. There's a beautiful little girl, and the second I was studying this, her face came to my mind. Because my kids are a little bit older, and I still do this with them, but it's not every single Sunday like it is with Ava. There's this precious little girl, Ava, and when we first, literally the first Sunday, I think we were installed as senior pastors, she ran, like, tore off from the back of the auditorium, running toward me and just grabs my knees and gives me like the best hug you've ever gotten. Okay, precious baby girl, tiny, tiny. And so after a couple times of her doing that and almost taking me out, you know, like she's a linebacker, especially if I'm in heels, uh, I, I would see her at the end of the auditorium. And what do I do, Miss Linda? I get down. Baby girl, come. Why? Because I want to experience the fullness of her hug, but more than that, I want her to experience the fullness of my hug. I want, so I make myself available to her in this posture. And that's exactly what the Lord does for us. He makes himself available. The Lord bless you, He kneels down to you because he loves you so much he comes to you and it's scandalous that the God of the universe would kneel to us but that's exactly what Jesus showed us at the last supper and you know what the disciples got ticked off about it too so frustrated Lord you shouldn't be doing this no no no! I need you to see this picture Of how much I love you. I'm kneeling before you. So that you can grasp the fullness of what I have for you. So that you'll be able to receive it. The Lord blesses you continually. But he doesn't stop there. The Lord bless you and keep you. Underline the word keep you. This word keep means to guard. And the word is Shemar, and I'm sure it's the horrible, I'm not very good at pronouncing these Hebrew words. One day, one day I will be, right? But Shemar, and it's literally to hedge about with thorns. So the Lord makes him, so he kneels and makes himself available to you because that's how much he loves you. But also while he's made himself available to you, he puts a hedge of thorny protection around you so that nothing can touch you or your life. And this is not a one-time thing, remember? This is continual. This is who God is for you. Now, whether you choose to receive what he is for you, that's totally your call, but this is what he has for you. This is who he is for you. This is how he feels about you. I was reading that and thinking about My dad, who I love so much, you guys hear me talk about him and my mom all the time, but uh, you know I grew up in the country. And uh, when you live in the country uh, or country, when you're five, you get a full-size adult four-wheeler. Like, why? I think about that now and I'm like, there's no way I would let Izzy at eight ride and do the things I did at five. No helmet, Nothing. Like, what are you thinking? This is not good. And I remember when we first got the four wheeler, this Kawasaki deal, you know, we're tearing through the woods and my dad is teaching me to drive it. And I remember we were going through some land that wasn't ours, which is pretty typical, but Also, it had just recently been purchased, I guess, by someone. and So we're riding through, and my dad's arms are around me, right? So I'm right here. He's doing this number. I'm sitting here, and so I have my little hands on the handlebars, and we're ripping. We're going pretty fast, right? Super fast. And all of a sudden, we're going so fast that my dad realizes he's not going to be able to stop. And he catches just a little glimmer of a barbed wire fence right in front of us. And in that moment, my dad takes his arms and his legs and wraps around me and he throws the entire four-wheeler upside down, right, to guard me. from. Now, he got ripped to shreds. But I didn't have scratch. And I thought it was awesome. Because <laughs> we flipped, right? <laughs> Do it again, dad, come on. Like he's bleeding, you know. Your heavenly father wraps his arms around you in a way that guards you from things that you never knew were coming at you. That thorny protection against the enemy, against his snares, every part. That is who your God is. The Lord bless you and keep you. There's a lot just in that one line. Right? These pictures that these Hebrew words give us. The next line. Number 625. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. If you have your Bibles, underline the word, the words his face. The word here for face or the face of God literally means the entirety of who he is. In fact, in the original language, the word is plural. He makes his faces shine upon you. All the dimensions of who God is, every single part. But can I tell you the picture that the Lord gave me when I was reading this? There's this thing that I have done with both of my children, and I still do it with Fulton pretty often, and I learned it actually from Pastor JF's mom. She used to do it with him, and in those moments when they get scared or frustrated or unruly in a manner that you can't really control, what we do is we get real close, and I bring him super close to me, and I put my hands around our faces, and I say, come into my little room. Come into my little room, baby. Come see my face. Come see what matters. None of the other stuff matters. See how I look at you. See how my face shines on you. See how I feel about you. And now let's breathe, right? that's what the lord's saying he's saying julia come into my little room let my faces shine on you all the other stuff is trying to infiltrate your world no 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 just my face my face is it's all that matters gonna shine over you The entirety of who I am. He makes his face shine on us. The last part of that scripture says, and be gracious to you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. This idea of the Lord's face shining. I don't want you to miss that. Because In the original language, the word shine here means to become light or reveal or bring into order. Something that was chaotic. And I love that because when we allow the entirety of who God is to pour over us, it reveals to us the priorities. It reveals to us what matters. It reveals to us specific order. It reveals to us how we are to react in that moment. It brings light to the entirety of the situation. It is indeed a Selah. It's that pausing and deciding, okay, what am I gonna let determine in this moment? It changes everything the last part of that passage, and be gracious to you. We understand that grace is to show unmerited favor. But you know what? We say that sometimes without really understanding the fullness of it. When the Lord says he's gracious to us, he's saying that he's continually without Hesitation, pouring out, unmerited, which means you cannot earn it. You cannot earn it. Unmerited favor, love, good things, blessings, gifts, promises for you. He's continually pouring that out. He is gracious to you. Some of you don't even like to pray. But it's not because you maybe don't know how. It's because you're afraid that in those intimate times, that if the heavenly father really does get that close to you, that he won't look at you with eyes of love. That he won't look at you with eyes of grace. With eyes of unmerited favor. And you need to understand that the God of the universe sees everything about you, and you are still his favorite. You are still the one that he sent Jesus to the cross to die for. You're it. You're the one. And he has so many amazing things for you that you will never be able to. Earn, but you will have to learn to receive. You'll have to learn to trust Him and what He has for you. You'll have to learn to draw close in those moments because He is trustworthy. Psalm 86, verse 15. Says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God. You are slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. And what I love about this is that David is also quoting Exodus, Exodus 34. And what's so wild is the Holy Spirit kept sending me to these specific passages and they all kept going back to Exodus to this point where the children of Israel are literally walking out of captivity, headed in the direction of everything that God had promised them, everything that he desires for them, but that most of them never got to walk into. Why? Well, if you look at scripture, right after this blessing was given, the spies are sent into the promised land. And all but two came back with a report that did not trust the word of God. They came back with a report that did not believe anything God told them that they could do, they believed what they saw instead. They still had mindsets of captivity. And so tonight, my prayer for you, as we unpack the rest of this blessing, my prayer for you is that from this day forward, not only will you read this prayer over yourself, but you will read it over the people that you love. People that you know need to be reminded, maybe even twice a day. God's chosen people had to have it twice a day. But on a continual basis, you need to be reminded of how God sees you, of what he thinks about you, of how he looks at you, so that when he points to the promises that he's already given you and says, there they are, go get them. You have no reservations. You say, we got this. The Lord's already promised me that. I know God is trustworthy because this is who he is. This is what he says. And you will run into everything God has ordained for you. And that's my prayer for you. And my hope is that this will be your prayer for others. And that you'll begin to speak this over all of those individuals that you encounter. Numbers 6, 26, the next part of the passage says, The Lord lift up, again continually, his countenance on you and give you peace. That's the NASB version that most of us are really familiar with. But I wanted to read it in the NIV as well. The NIV says, The Lord turn his face, the entirety of his being and who he is, right? He turns his face, his faces, all toward you, to your aid, to support you. Everything that God is, is turned toward you, not against you. Toward your side, fighting your battles. The entirety of the being of the God of the universe is turned toward you in your defense. And I love how that ends and gives you peace. Well, yeah, I guess you have peace if all of the entirety of God's armies are behind me. Pastor JF and I, I, if you attend CFAN, You've heard this story before, so forgive me. But when we lived in pastored in Miami, Florida, the majority of our congregation was Haitian. And the night, the day the earthquake hit in Haiti, we were at the altars with our Haitian brothers and sisters. And then a day and a half later, we were given this incredible opportunity to charter a humanitarian aid plane full of orthopedic surgeons and we were one of the first planes to fly into haiti to pull people out of rubble, and it was After a couple days of being there, and you got to understand, we were still experiencing aftershocks that were almost as big as the actual earthquake. And so you couldn't be in any buildings, and you had to sleep outside. And then the unrest in Port-au-Prince just got too intense. And the U.S. government demanded that all U.S. citizens be evac out. And so they come, and they're reporting that to us. And we're torn and we get in this situation where uh and then our diplomat friend from the DR comes and he's like absolutely not you have to leave people are starting to be taken and murdered everything it's its chaos and so we're packing everything up and we're running to the airport and the airport is surrounded people trying to scale fences and trying to get over to get to safety and and we're like <laughs> we do no, no phones are working the satellite phone barely even worked and so we're trying to figure out what we do in that moment and and then we spot the U.S. flag and in that moment our U.S. military service member, members see us And all of the support that lended them, the trucks and the soldiers that were armed and we see the U.S. airplanes start to land, it's coming for us. And in that moment, I was so relieved. But ladies, that was just the U.S. Army. That was just... One country on planet Earth, they're a portion of their military force to come and yank me out of that situation. You have the entirety of all of heaven, all of the angels that are dispersed at the word of God in your support, turned toward you, fighting your battles in your aid. And we have the audacity to be afraid. Scripture tells us over and over that perfect love casts out fear. And we say that So flippantly, but if you could get a glimpse of the way the Father sees you, if you could understand just a fraction of how much he loves you, of what he's willing to do for you, you would never have a fear in your entire life. The God of the universe the entirety of his being is toward you in your support, your aid, fighting your battles so that you don't have to, so that you can have peace. And that word peace, and we'll close with this. The word peace here Actually, I'm going to back up. Because I do want to read to you the Amplified Hebrew to English version. Number six. In that specific version says, May Yahweh lift up and carry His fullness of being toward you. Bringing everything that He has to your aid. Supporting you with His divine embrace. An entire being. Romans 8. Verse 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, or any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You think what you've done has separated you. It hasn't. His love is still just as close. You think your running has kept his mercy from reaching you. The 23rd Psalm says his mercy chases you. It's right behind you. And he can run fast. Nothing, nothing has or ever will separate you from his love. And if you start to understand that, if you start to walk in that, fear can't live. It'll try, it'll try to enter, but it can't stay. It can't exist in the same space that understands perfect love. Not your kind of love. No, your love is fallible. My love, it's weak, right? It's fallible, his love. His love for you. The last part of that number six passage is not even a part of the prayer, but I wanted to include it because I think it's so important. Because it says, so they, meaning as they spoke it over God's chosen people, Aaron and his sons will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. What does that mean? It means as they begin to process this, even as children, as they're never given the opportunity to believe anything else about God, they never know this false ideal of a God that is mad at them. No, 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 they don't know that. No, 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 because God's face shines on you. Every single part of who he is is in support of you. No misconceptions. As they begin to truly understand who he is, they begin to take on his identity, his name. And you know that in the Hebrew, your name is not just a name. It's your character. It's who you are. In fact, in the original language, it actually it literally means breath. It's your essence. It's everything about you. And so I need for you to understand when scripture tells you not to take the name of the Lord God in vain, it's not talking about a curse word. It's not talking about adding another word to God. It's talking about don't misuse or misunderstand the character of God because that's dangerous. That's the most dangerous. And we flippantly, oh, you took the Lord's name in vain. No, no, no. We do all the time. We do by misconstruing the character of a God who loves you immeasurably, who does everything to keep you, to, to chase you and hold you and protect you. And we think he's mad at us. Scripture says that is dangerous to misuse, misrepresent the character of a loving Perfect, heavenly Father. And so, tonight I'm going to close with this. As you go to your groups, we had these made for you. Our amazing Annie created them. Aren't they beautiful? This journey, right, that we're walking with the Lord. And on the back, we have this priestly prayer of blessing written but it's not just the scriptures it's also the hebraic ashley version that was a joke sorry <laughs> I'm really i've written my version This is not an infallible version. This is Ashley's version. According to all the studies that I've done on the original language. And here's what I want to do. Miss Roberta, I'm going to have you come up. I'm going to have Miss Roberta grab a mic. And we're going to pause. And Miss Roberta is going to sing this to you in the actual Hebrew. And then I'm going to read to you. My version of what it means, and what you're going to walk home with to read over the people that God's called you to. Amen? Would you please stand? And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to know, not imagine, that God is right in front of you with his hands in your face. And he wants to impart himself to you. Hier adonai wie ich er adonai Is i do The Lord bless you, meaning our heavenly father is kneeling, continually making himself available to you so that he can grant you his promises and gifts and keep you with his embrace that looks like a thorny hedge of protection around you. He's continually guarding every part of your life from the enemy. The Lord make his face shine on you. Our loving Heavenly Father is holding you close as His child face to face and continually revealing and illuminating who He is to you and be gracious to you. He's continually full of perfect love and grace toward you, never leaving you and always sustaining you. The Lord turn His face toward you Our heavenly father has his full attention on you and his full support for you coming to your aid all the time and give you peace. He allows you to know that he has already done everything for you to be completely whole and you will find rest in knowing that. So they will put my name on the Israelites. This is what it means to be the Lord's and to bear his name. And I will bless them. He will continually make himself available to you, bestowing his love and gifts upon you because you are his. You are his. Receive perfect love, from a perfect father that is so powerful, so powerful that fear cannot withstand. God, I just lift up every single woman here. Lord, I lift up all the individuals, all the people that they represent. And Lord, I ask for fresh revelation. Lord, of how much you love them, of how perfect your love is, regardless of how imperfect we are. Lord, impartation right now, God, over every single woman, over all of her thoughts, over her processes, Lord, over her habits, those old ways of thinking, those old brain pathways in Jesus' name are beginning to reform and be new pathways, understanding that he is not a God mad at him. He is not a God mad at her. He is a God that loves. He is a God that forgives. He is a God that protects. If you are walking through some sort of pain and hurt, it is not because God did that to you. In Jesus' name, Lord, I just ask that you would reveal to all of us who you are in a fresh and new way. God, that we would be able to walk in the fullness of your love, that we would be able to walk in the perfection of your acceptance, that we would be able to walk in your in the majesty of your power, Lord, because we are your children and we bear your name. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.